everyone. Uh, Chad and Melissa Curtis here with episode numero uno of Our Human Experience. Um, we want to take a couple of minutes and just talk about what we hope to accomplish with this and, and why we landed on doing a podcast together and what the topics are going to be and what we hope to kind of to gain from this both personally and to hopefully help listeners connect and help them um, gain some valuable insight, some valuable information out of the discussions that we have both between one another as well as with the guests that we that we bring on. So let's start off with introducing my lovely, beautiful co-host and wife, Melissa Curtis. And Melissa, just a little bit of background about yourself, um, why you wanted to start this podcast with me and what we're mm-hmm. hoping to do, and then I'll share the same when we're all done. Sure. So uh, where do I start? Uh, I'm a wife, a mom. Um, I We own two businesses together, and I'm excited about this podcast specifically because I think it will carry over into those things, but I think it disconnects us enough where it allows us to talk more personally and be more open and vulnerable and have people actually get to know you and I, uh, which I think is a pretty valuable thing. So um, I'm excited to talk on the topics of lifestyle. I'm excited to talk about some nutrition stuff. I'm excited to talk about being a parent. Um, so I think the things we're going to bring to this podcast are going to be um, pretty pretty helpful and pretty profound for, for people. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I think, it, obviously, we've, believe it or not, had some discussions about this prior to, to getting on. Um, and, I, and I believe that Melissa touched on something here that I think is interesting and in that this just seems like a fun and hopefully helpful thing to put out into the world. And it's a place for us to kind of distill some of our ideas and thoughts around our own experiences and the, and the challenges that we've come up against, the successes that we've had, um, some of the struggles, the lessons we've learned, but also bring other people on that are in our lives personally, professionally, members of our communities that we can bring on. They can also help to share some of those same things. So I'm hoping that we can really cover a broad base of topics on this and not uh, and kind of step away from this movement specific narrative with kinetics and diet and lifestyle specific narrative with be well blueprint both of those things being really valuable and important parts of our life but they're not the only parts and and i think a lot of our discussions that we've had over the years have been around finding ways to interconnect those things into our lives and mm-hmm. also have the rest of our lives support them. And that yeah. it's not just what you eat and how you exercise that makes you healthy and happy and able to live your life to the best extent possible, right? It's not just those two elements. Those are two important elements, but there's a lot of other things and there's a lot of lessons that have been learned along the way um, and that will continue to be learned that we hope to dive into. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about some of the the guests that we put down, um, bringing in people from all different walks of life with different types of insights and ideas and lessons to be learned. Uh, So I'm just 
I'm excited about this because it feels fun and mm-hmm. it feels like just like different and hopefully helpful. And for those of you that do know me, God damn, I love to talk. It's, a, it's fun. It's interesting to me, especially when it's with interesting people. So, um, you know, we landed on this idea and, and even the title being our human experience in that part of this is going to be our own personal, as Melissa said, vulnerable openness about some of the things that we've come across throughout our lives, um, challenges that we've had, how we've overcome them, uh, some of the successes that we've seen and the things that we notice in our world around us and the stories that we tell ourselves. But also, we want to involve the the human experience of our community, of the people that we know at large, not just here locally mm-hmm. in, you know, in Rochester where we are right now. But when we think about our human experience, we're thinking about the totality of human experience on this earth. So it's all of our experience combined that helps to to impact each of our days and yeah. everything we do day to day. It's not just, we don't live in bubbles. We're social animals. And the way that we can learn from one another and from the different experiences that other people have had is, is invaluable. So I think we landed on this kind of idea, this topic, this title, so that it lent itself to both us sharing our own personal experiences and also hearing about the experiences of people around us um, and so that we can all share in the lessons and in the wins and the losses and, and everything else that goes along with that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of a little bit about where we're coming from and yeah. why we're doing this. Um, anything else that you want to share on just this quick intro uh, before we get yeah. rocking and rolling? I'd, lo- I'd love people to walk away from this podcast understanding that we as humans, we have everything we need to make this experience life, you know, a great one. Um and I hope that they can get take the tools that we're giving them and, you know, with some of the people that we're talking to on this podcast and really, like, walk away and implement some of those things and understand, like, we, we have everything we need. We just need to get out of our own way and, and do it. Sure. So. So without further ado, what are we talking about today, Melissa? Um, we, we're talking about this bitch of a year, you know, 2020. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. So um, it is December twenty eighth. So we're coming on a new year, and I've already seen so many people posting about you know what they're gonna start, and they can't wait until January first. And I think it's just really important to talk about you know nothing's gonna change on Friday or January first if you don't actually change. And yeah. You know, and really understanding that, you know, if you don't put the work in, then 2021 might look pretty similar to 2020. Yeah, I think um, it's an important thing to recognize that, that one, these ideas and these stories, the, the narratives that we tell ourselves about whatever, our relationships, our careers, our, our own personal selves, about the year, the world around us, they're just that. They're stories, and they can be manipulated. They can be changed through your own practices, through the way you use language, through the way that you interpret the information that's coming into you. And I think a lot of times uh, as the, the kind of precipice for this conversation was exactly what Melissa said, was noticing that people are 
you know, they're like, can't wait to get rid of 2020. I mean, the days on the calendar are, there's something that we've made up. Right. Right. It, it's, it's just a thing. So nothing's going to change. The sun's going to rise and set. And much to your point, if you're not looking at and evaluating and reflecting back on this past year and understanding what wasn't working for you mm-hmm. and what needs to change and you're not taking any steps toward that, then it's likely not to be vastly different going into the future. Maybe there won't be as many outside constraints put on your life as we get toward, you know, into the middle and end of this next coming year. Perhaps this pandemic stuff slows down to some yeah. degree or whatever. But the point being, I think what what we were really lucky to have in 2020 was some insight into the fragility of our lives, the fragility of our personal relationships, mm-hmm. of you know our, our lack of feeling fulfilled and purposeful in our work. It, it, it really highlighted a lot of things that I think many of us were hiding from and not really taking inventory of. And I, I know of a number of people early on through some of the discussions that you had mm-hmm. and some of the discussions that I had where we talked a lot about take this time. And we're talking back in like March, March and yeah. April when everything first shut down. Take this time. Look at all these areas of your life, especially things like your close personal relationships mm-hmm. and your career. Yeah. Those take up a tremendous amount of your time and energy. And if you're fucking miserable in them, then what are you doing? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's not necessarily a call to like go quit your job or divorce your spouse or whatever. Maybe that's the right solution for you. But that's not necessarily what we're saying. What we're saying is look at those things. Is there something that you can change personally in the way that you show up in those areas? Or... Is it really just not a good fit for you? Mm-hmm. Is it a, is it a you know an abusive relationship? Is it a a, a toxic work environment that mm-hmm. doesn't allow you to really go out there and put the effort in and the things that are meaningful for you? Yeah. And if you're not taking time to reflect and take toll on all of those things, then you really can't change anything, right? I know that with a lot of your clients, you start with awareness is kind of one of the first Absolutely. if not the first step yeah. um, around trying to make change can you talk a little bit about how someone could use that reflecting back on 2020 and how you would advise if you were talking to you know a client or a friend or family member yeah, I mean I think the the start of the pandemic there was an abrupt change that happened right? We went from one day your kids were going to school and you were going into the office to literally the next day, everything was shut down. So we learned that things could be adjusted if needed. And what I talked to a lot of my clients about and just people in general was really looking at like, if these could things could be done overnight, maybe not perfectly, but you know, if a change, a massive change like that could be done overnight, what could really be done if you do reflect, if you take that time and you look and you say, okay, this isn't working or what boundaries do I need to set that I need to hold to and talk to my, I mean, I've talked to countless clients about having conversations with their bosses. I mean, over during this pandemic, people have been overextended. People are, you know, just because you're working from home, bosses think that they can push you around or they, you know, I have one client whose boss is a, 
single man who doesn't have anything else to do and he expects everyone else to work seven days a week 24 7 and that's just not fair right so really reflecting and looking back on you know how are you approaching like you said relationships your job um just mindset in general around the pandemic you know and around you know things you want to change and things that aren't changing for you um and emotionally like are you looking at any of the positive things that have happened? Are you looking just at the negative, right? I mean, there's a lot of people in my life that, you know, chalk this up to a wasted year, right? And that's just sad to me. That's sad that you didn't really take any time to reflect on any of those things throughout any of this. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think it's, it warrants pointing out this, this is not a, like a scolding session if you didn't do much with your life over the last nine or ten months um one of the things that we were talking about before and i think it's worth mentioning we have a a need to connect we have a need to to be able to relate to one another and it's why you see certain things that that build this kind of tribal community or mentality whether that's it's something around the way you eat or the way you exercise or um you know the type of hobbies or extracurriculars that you're into Mm -hmm. and you have these little communities where you can relate to the struggles and the successes of one another and I think that's great and it's valuable and we need that as human beings but I also think it can be it can inadvertently creep in and we don't even notice it so even prior to the pandemic I would always joke around with Melissa about you know what our relationship looks like now versus you know where we came from which was a tremendous amount of change and growth and that's that's a very long story probably for another like three episode series <laughs> uh, but the point being I would look at some of our friends and family who were in these relationships and it you could almost sense that they were playing a role like they were reiterating this thing that they saw on TV like the sitcom family where like, oh, the old ball and chain wife and, you know, the kids. And, and it's the same story so that you can have the same stories as as mm-hmm. your coworkers or your friends. And we all just keep saying it. And we create those stories and narratives. And so then we start to believe them. And then we look at someone that doesn't live that way. And we're like, oh, my God, look how lucky they are. Or look at, like, you know, they just have this thing with their, their relationship or with their parenting. This is not an option for us. And... and it's just not true. They just decided to take a different route. Now, there's certainly differences in how relationships function and all those sort of things. I don't want to dismiss that. But a lot of it is taking a step back and saying, like, what matters the most to you? Mm-hmm. And was 2020 an extra challenging year for a lot of people? You betcha. Absolutely. Yeah. It absolutely was. It, ourselves included, right? To say that this wasn't a very difficult year that's disingenuous. We can't say that. But to just fall into this narrative where you see everyone else posting online or all your friends like, oh, 2020, hashtag get it out of here, or whatever the fuck they're saying, you know, obviously you can tell I don't pay much attention to any (laughs) any of that stuff because I don't even know what people are saying. Um, But you're saying it, and it's almost like you're just giving in to this idea without even taking a step back and reflecting on what this year could have been for you. Sure. Could it have been the year that yes it was difficult but you could have made a huge change in terms of your profession and the way you you approach that whether it's leaving a job shifting your business pivoting making those difficult changes that you mentioned before 
And in doing so in an expedited manner, it's almost a blessing that you were you were gifted with this situation where you mm-hmm. had action was forced upon you. Mm-hmm. You couldn't sit back and like pontificate about like, well, if we started working remotely or if I talked to my boss about it, like, no, nope. we're we're doing it. Right. And and you know, there's pros and cons to that. The big pro is that, like you mentioned, we've seen that you can do it. You can do many of these things. It right. can be managed. The cons are things like you mentioned as well, where we saw a lot of people that maybe have never worked from home before and they're willing to extend the boundaries of their workday mm-hmm. because, first of all, out of the gate, it was a shit show to manage people, <laughs> sure. right? And, and get them on the same page. And you're trying to get these Zoom meetings and all this other stuff, yeah. right? Everyone, it was a learning curve, right? And then I, I don't want it to sound as though you mentioned like bosses kind of in this abusive position yeah. of, of power. I don't think that, by and large, a lot of those people were coming at it from a malicious standpoint. No, I think it was just feeling lost and out of control and just trying to... Trying to exert yeah. some control and, yeah. and trying yeah. to step up. I mean, you got to remember, anyone who is a manager or a CEO or anything like that, they're under arguably more pressure with yeah. everything that went on than the rest of their employees because yeah. they the rest of their employees are the people that they're there to keep employed yeah. and take care of and et cetera, et cetera. But I think that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think that it's important to recognize that if you don't stand up for yourself and say, no, I'm not going to work 80 hours a week and be available until 7 p.m. on Saturdays, when when prior to this, I worked Monday through Friday with no overtime from mm-hmm. 9 to 4. Yeah. There's no reason that, yes, there's some extenuating circumstances. Maybe you got to put a few extra hours in throughout the week, especially early on, like we mentioned. But there's no reason the number of people that you and I talked to who were working close to double the hours they were before, that's uncalled for. Mm -hmm. There is no reason that that, but if you let that happen, it will continue to happen. Mm -hmm. We are creatures of habit and the more disconnected we are, the easier it is to take advantage of one another, not even maliciously, just unknowingly. So if I'm that supervisor... And I'm like, hey, I know that I can call Johnny at 8.30 at night on a Tuesday because he answers all the time and he carves that time out and has the conversation. I'm going to keep fucking calling Johnny. (laughs) I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Right? And we're so connected via our phones and our email and everything else to to more work. It has access to us at all points throughout our day. It starts to all get kind of muddled together. Right? And go ahead. I know you were going to chime in on something, but I think that's important to point out that it's it's both parties in terms of someone taking advantage of one Absolutely. another, like allowing yourself to be pushed around and taken advantage yeah. of. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure we'll do a, an episode specifically on boundaries and how to keep them and manage them and, and what that looks like as, you know, a parent or, or anybody. But uh, well, I mean, really what I was just going to say was like, I feel for the people that are managers of big companies. I feel for, I mean, I've said it all along, like the people I don't want to be during this pandemic are healthcare workers, teachers, and pregnant ladies. Like I didn't want to be any of those things during this. And I, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's malicious. I don't think anything was. I think it's just grasping at straws and trying to figure out, you know, literally overnight, how to get kids to learn from home and how to help parents manage that and how to get people to, you know, 
work these big, you know, corporate jobs from their living room and what that looks like. While and, watching their children. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you touched on a lot of really good stuff. And I really I think that I, I hope that people walk away from this year with a little more of a positive attitude and at least a reflective attitude and looking at, like, what what did they overcome this year? What do they need to stop doing? What do they need to start doing? What do they need to keep doing? Right? Like, I really hope people can can walk into 2021 with some more concrete ideas of what works for them and what doesn't. Um, and if they haven't already implemented, like, setting a plan to start implementing it, yeah. you know? Um, I think one of the biggest things for me during this pandemic has been the people, the relationships, like, recognizing relationships. Like, mm-hmm. who has been there? Who has, you know, impacted me in a positive way? Who has impacted in a negative way? Um, you know, and really looking at, like, when I needed someone, who sh- who showed up, right? And beyond, like, being uncomfortable, you know, being in close contact, it was just, can I call you? Or can we jump on a Zoom yeah. call? You know, and, and I'm, I'm excited to go into 2021 with the relationships that I do have, um, and really continuing to foster those relationships this year. And I hope people also like recognize that. Like, who were you holding on to maybe in, you know, the past years that like really showed their true colors this pandemic, you know? So Yeah, and I think you kind of just cracked the surface a little bit on one of the things that we said we want to make sure that we're doing on these, which is is being open and vulnerable mm-hmm. and talking about, you know, I think it's great we can talk a little bit about our own experience throughout this pandemic yeah um and hopefully it relates to some other some other people out there some other listeners and uh, there's certainly people who had other challenges that we didn't have to face that are are different and it's across the board one of the things that i think you and i were able to recognize in all the conversations that we've had with friends and family and um, colleagues and clients is that everyone was touched by this in some way and it and and challenged by it in some way um and we were all left with a number of opportunities of ways to to evolve and grow and change and i think something that we've noticed in the past is that a lot of people have an aversion to change absolutely they're fearful of it they're nervous of it and obviously this is on a spectrum Mm -hmm. right I, i i consider myself less averse to change than the average bear, but that doesn't mean that I'm not nervous about it or fearful about it by any means. Mm -hmm. But some people are very, very closed-minded. They're very closed off to anything that changes. And it always strikes me as odd because the only thing constant in our life is change. You will get older. Your relationships will evolve. They will fall by the wayside. People, People are often seasons in your life. Mm-hmm. They may come and go, and, and I think it's the ability to look at that and accept it, and not in from a, like a bitter or angry way. And, and I think that's one of the things that we saw when you talk about watching people's reactions to this. Who are the people that maybe you thought would be strong and stable and and supportive during this that kind of cracked and crumbled? They they lost their cool. Who are the people that you thought, man, this is going to bury them, and they really they emerged as a great friend or a, a really great leader in their industry or something along those lines yeah. and then everywhere in between. Sure. Um, and even as time evolved, how those things change. 
I can tell you for myself at the very beginning of this, we're talking um, going into the shutdowns in early March when you and I discussed what we were going to do with the gym. We had that nice call with uh, with Ellen from CrossFit Syracuse, and we you know we were on the phone with her for a while, just going over our thoughts around this as business owners, and mm-hmm. um, and in all those moments, even leading up to before we had to close our facility initially, I felt more grounded and stable than I had in quite some time, and that continued for the following months. Um, and I, I was personally in, in a really really good headspace. I felt good mentally, physically, everything felt great. And at a certain point, about three or three or so months in, um, you and I switched our schedules uh, and, and I went from having a lot of um, time at the gym and working mm-hmm. to being mostly at home and you were mostly at the gym. And, and so we kind of reversed those roles and we saw that both of us were really struggling when we were at home being the solo parent all day every day with no relief ever (laughs) with a a two-year-old and a five-year-old and I think that like I think it's important to recognize that a lot of times when we look at people who we deem they kind of have it together or they seem like they're doing well and this was something I brought up on some of our client calls was you may see that person who's reaching out to everyone they're checking they're the caretaker they're they're supporting everyone reach out to that person oh yeah because <laughs> it's fucking draining yeah. and they may like and that they may need it they may need to hear from someone else who yeah. wants to know how they're doing right and, yeah. and and so i thought that was really interesting to watch our own dynamics shift and our own personal health was impacted where i felt like i was getting healthier and feeling better every day in the initial portion of the um, of the pandemic, and then when we switched, or the shutdown rather, and then when we switched, it kind of role reversed. You were feeling better, you were feeling motivated, and, and I went the other way. Well, I think this has been difficult for, especially our five-year-old daughter, yeah. too. So being at home with them and really not knowing how to help her, I think took a lot more out of us than we maybe thought yeah um and again not really having a set schedule with them and trying to get them on zoom calls when they didn't want to go on zoom calls and you know all of that but you know i was i was very grateful for how you approached it in the beginning and it really kept me grounded and then i think having clients like i'm so grateful for the clients that stuck around with us through this because that kept me grounded mm-hmm. and it really like helped have a purpose through all this you know and really knowing that you're helping someone through a difficult time is it's, a, it's powerful it's impactful so well and it also goes back to what we talked about a few minutes ago that this time this past nine or ten months has really isolated a lot of people more so than they already were prior to the, the shutdowns right and so by being connected and actually deeply connected, not just surface level, hey, Bob, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. See you later. Real meaningful conversations. It allows you some insight to say, oh, my God, I, like, I should be grateful for this, that, and the other thing in my life mm-hmm. because 
man, this other person, they're struggling with these things that I don't even have to navigate right now. And they're also struggling with some of the same things that I am. I'm not, I'm not this unique snowflake well, I, I that think, has my I think own under, yeah. problems and no one else can possibly understand. Anyone who has kids during this time, and it doesn't really matter the age. I would say like our youngest daughter, um, Aubrey, she is two and a half. Um, you know, so she had just she had just turned two at the very beginning of the um, pandemic. For her, it wasn't a big shift. Um, she was happy to be home, but once you get much beyond that, I mean, yeah, it's definitely it, it's impacting kids of all ages. Yeah, and, yeah, and, in, and sure. in different ways, right? Yeah, and but it's easy to look at that and be like, oh, what a like this is horrible. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of negatives to how this is impacting young people, um, but. We also had, at least in our neck of the woods, we had this beautiful summer. The, like, the weather could not have been better. And so we spent a tremendous amount of time outside, playing, hiking, doing projects. And it was inspiring at first to see a lot of people doing that in the first like month or so. And then it really fell off. Um, and even that, I get it. You and I go through these ups and downs constantly, probably myself more than you. <laughs> well, it's just like it's just like a New Year's resolution, right? Let's pull back to that. You know, people thought this was going to be 2 weeks, 4 weeks, maybe I had 2 clients months. clients cry on the calls when I'm like prepare for a year. Oh yeah. And it's going to be 2 years, you know? Yeah. Like so I think that people were like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll start walking and oh, I'll make my own lunches and yeah, I can do all these things from home." And then they realized it's 4 months, 6 months, 8 months. A year you know we're going into a year and I think that it's you know it's it's just like a New Year's resolution people are gung-ho in the beginning and then they fizzle out right yeah. because they haven't actually established the habit and the routine that they need to stay successful and they haven't actually bought into the idea that they should walk every day or right? why right there's no why would you do this right how does so, it fit in your right life? so um, it's not surprising to me that people started off strong and then fell off. Um, it's sad to me, but it's not yeah. necessarily surprising. Yeah, I don't think I'm, I was surprised. I was, I was just really, I guess I was really hopeful that, yeah. that it would stick and that people would be, unfortunately, sometimes it takes a little bit of fear, but nervous enough about their own health and wellness that they're like, I got to get out of the house. I got to get some sunshine on my skin. I got to be more active. I got to be more conscious about you know, how I fuel my body. And, and those are, like we mentioned before, those are kind of the stepping stones. Those are the first steps into health. And then you can really start to, as you hone those skills, you can start to look at things like your fulfillment via your profession or your purpose, your relationships, both mm -hmm. intimate and, you know, professional and all those, just all the people that you engage with. And you can start to evaluate all these things. And I think the biggest thing in terms of finding consistency is you find these things that actually fit into your life the way that you would want them to versus what you're being told by someone oh, on social media needs to happen. Yeah, I mean, I've said it a million times to ask my clients, you know, if you have a list of things that you, healthy habits that you want to get done every day and it's causing you more stress to check them off or not check them off, they automatically become unhealthy habits, right? Like if drinking more water and exercising every day and making sure that you're checking all these things off, if not doing them one day causes more stress, 
not it's no longer a healthy habit. Well, I think right? maybe and you just need to reevaluate sure how, how you're doing absolutely. it, right? And yeah. It's not to say that it's, that they're not healthy habits. They obviously they are the way Otherwise, you're the way you're approaching yeah. them is the not is not the the way that's going to work for you. Exactly. And yeah. and we've done it a million times. We've tried things that are, you know, we take on too many things all at once. Oh yeah, or we're either too we're, strict we're change, or change everything at once, people. And, and I, well, yeah, and, and because we're excited about it, and there's a there's a burden of knowledge, and there's a burden of interest. Sure. You know, we 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 look into these things that, like, oh my god, I haven't. You know, look at all this information I'm finding on breath work and on meditation and on you know language yeah. skills and, and, and also, beyond things like exercise and food. Like yeah. it's all of those things. But even being able to, as parents and as business owners, and you know, up until very recently, not having any um, local family or anything to to help with any of that, is where do we find space to even take a moment to think about sure. those things? And I think that was probably the biggest thing that that gave me um, a sense of balance. And I don't want to say control because I think that's why a lot of people lost their shit this year is this realization that 2020 presented them that like you don't have as much control as you like to believe that you do over all these external factors. What you do have control over, what you should work to have control over is your response to those external influences, right? It you you can make all the plans you want. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't. You know how many people we talk to? They're like, oh, I'm fucking supposed to be in wherever, like Florida or California, or yeah, Europe or yeah. Bahamas or something. And like, okay, like, but you're not. <laughs> like, yeah. And and there's not a whole lot you can write down your year, your schedule for the year. It's certain to change, right? And I think a lot of people got smacked in the face. With this idea that one, life can and will change, and two, you likely have little control over how it it changes around you. You can exert a tremendous amount of control over how you change mm-hmm. and evolve and grow, but it is an active and attentive process. It's not passive, and yeah. I think that's what we've what we slipped into, and it's one of the conversations um, that we've had. A number of times regarding this year, and one of my biggest concerns. So just to, we'll wrap that. We'll I'll, I'll kind of tie some of this stuff together. So the first portion of this, you and I throughout this pandemic, have teeter tottered in terms of making good, positive health choices and how those things impact the way that you that the two of us communicate. They impact the way our relationship, uh, our relationship with our children, the way that we engage with our children. Um, you know, again, in the sense of, in the spirit of being vulnerable here, like we had an instance a couple of weeks ago where like I just lost my shit and, and yelled at Dylan, our oldest daughter. Um, I yelled at her and she was being a pain in the ass, right? <laughs> she was doing something intentionally. I don't, re- I don't even remember what it was because it wasn't okay. that big of a deal. And I got really upset with her and I yelled at her and was unnecessarily mean to her. And you, and you told me to get out of the house and go away and like cool off. And, and, and you, you said it right to my face. You're like, that was not about her. That's about you. Right. And, and you're a thousand percent correct. This is weighing on us as it is many, many other people. Right. And for me personally, um, you know, we added into, I, I hurt my back in early August. Mm-hmm. And so since the first week of August, I've woken up every day in immense pain 
that peaks within a, a, an hour or two of me being awake and then starts to subside as the day goes on. But the way I operate, where this is a challenge for me, is that I am a first thing in the morning type of person. I want to get up and just start moving. I want to get stuff done around the house. If I'm at the house for the day, I want to get out the door, start my day at work. I want to get all those things done and then kind of coast through the afternoon, whether that means coming home and hanging out with the girls and playing with them or just being with you or like having some fun working out, doing something, meeting up with a friend, whatever that is. And I can't do that. My schedule has been kind of flipped on its head. Um, and so all of those things, our business, the moves that we've had to make this year, time and time again, um, were, you know, just like many other people, we tried to pivot. We had some ideas about how to do this and then the, the rules and everything changed for mm-hmm. us and we just had to make some tough decisions as it pertained to our business. Like, I want to make sure that the listeners understand that these are still, these are all the things that we're talking about. It's not pointing the finger at anyone out there. It's, it's all of us and you and I are included in these, in these experiences sure. as well in terms of how this year has played out. But within all of that, I think the value comes back to can you find all of those silver linings? Because as much as everyone's got their own dark clouds for what this year has meant for them, everyone's also got a silver lining around each of them. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned the summer itself around us was just was beautiful. We did a ton of stuff outside. We had a lot of time with our girls, which is really important to both of us. And yeah, that can be stressful at times, but at the same time, it 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 deepens our relationship with them, and it's challenging. And you're forced to come up with solutions. You mentioned, you know, Dylan being really upset about this, and it's hard. There's we have to come up with ways to communicate with her where she can kind of grasp what's going on but also know that it's okay for her to be sad mm-hmm. um you know I, I i just have the the memory of coming home you know a, a month or two ago and she was so deeply upset and, and was just crying about uh being on a, a zoom class again and it was she couldn't articulate it but it was almost like you could sense that she felt it happening again she felt school going away um it, she hasn't even been back to uh, jiu-jitsu or muay thai or parkour yet so she was really active in all these things socially and she just she just wept and it was and it was visceral her whole body like and we just held her for 15 20 minutes straight and let her know it was okay like those are deeply challenging emotional moments but they're also moments where it's like for me personally not having any positive role models for as a father figure growing up, it made me feel like, holy shit, you're doing okay. <laughs> like you're 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 comforting yeah. your little girl. You're try, you're letting her know it's okay to be upset. And you're talking to her, and she's there. She's like she's reaching out to you. So you like there's ways to find these little silver linings in all of these experiences, but we have to look for them. And I think the the idea that kind of sparked this conversation was stop looking at other people's stories and narratives to direct your own. Stop just falling in line and yeah. saying, everyone's pissed off at 2020. Me too. Yeah. Right? Is, is it, has it really been that bad for you? Because there's, there's a spectrum in terms yeah. of how impactful this has been for some people. And, and I think it's, it's really, really beneficial if you can take an honest approach to stepping back and reviewing what this year has meant 
and looking at how you've reacted to things, how you, have, what you've done well with, mm-hmm. what you could improve. You said it before. What do you keep? What do you get rid of? You know, what do you add? Right. To to your to your life, it, it, for anything, people, habits, foods, exercise programs, yeah. living situations, whatever it might be. There's a lot of stuff that you could look at over the course of this year, and like, I just if you don't take the time and create the space to be able to look at those things, it's going to be really hard to make changes. And I think that that's one of our challenges that has been made a little bit easier now with my with my sister moving to the area is giving ourselves some space to really look at and reflect on all of those things. Absolutely. You know, and I, and I know for me personally, I have this kind of, like bipolar need to be surrounded by people and have that interaction it it feeds me and I love it I'm energized by other people but I also have to be by myself for almost equal amounts of time in order to kind of gather my thoughts and really think about like what am I doing so I'm not just going all the time and just engaging all the time and that's been difficult throughout this to find that space right you know with with the kids at home all the time and you and I not wanting to leave the other one there knowing and also you know I mean I love hosting at our house and having people over and I mean if you told me I could never go to a restaurant again or a concert even like I might be sad but like I'd be way more upset if you said you could never have people at your house again you know for a fire in the backyard so I agree. I agree. I mean, it's it's been difficult to find those different ways to have that space and to, to accomplish both, to have that interaction and adult interaction. We've had plenty of child interaction, right? But, like, safely have some adult interaction and then, you know, being able to take some time for yourself, too. Yeah, and and I think without that, it's it's almost more critical if you're just completely lost and feel like you're drowning in your life and this has been many times for me throughout my life where I've felt that way where I've just I felt like and I've I've voiced it to you numerous times where I've felt like I'm watching my life from outside of like a two-way mirror or Mm -hmm. glass or like looking into like an aquarium like I'm watching it happen and I'm I don't feel like I'm controlling what I'm doing. I'm just watching life happen to me mm-hmm. instead of me making conscious decisions about what I'm doing and well, why. I think, that, I think that's a really huge point. Like, I think that that's where a lot of people are right now, even if they've never felt it before. I think that's why 2020 has been so difficult for people, is that they've been smacked in the face with this aquarium glass. And they're like, shit, I don't. I don't have things and people and structures in place where if I need help or I feel lost, I can come back to this. I think that's a huge, I think that's a huge piece where, why people are struggling right now. Yeah. And it's been highlighted that how much of our existence is tuning out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everyone, it's fun to joke about like, oh, and I watched, you know, 18,972 hours of Netflix. Like people laugh about this stuff, but 
and don't get me wrong, I, I like to laugh. It's funny. I don't laugh about it, too. Like, I've joked around with a bunch of people, like, you know what you're, the number one thing you could do for yourself right now? This is especially early on in the pandemic when everything was shut down and, and you couldn't go anywhere, was, like, stop living on your fucking couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? You, you have to get up, take a shower, shave your face or your legs or whatever it is that you shave, if you <laughs> shave anything, right? Put clothes on that aren't you know, food-stained sweatpants you've been in for three days while you wake up, eat breakfast on the couch, do some work, watch TV, take a nap, eat lunch, eat your dinner. Oh, I mean, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a huge thing. I mean, I know you got, you talked about that when you were working with the veterans that you were working with, but, like, also my clients, like, that went to work from home. Like, that was one of the first things we talked about was establishing boundaries and where you're doing your work, right? Like, you don't, you need to have different spaces right mm. so like your body doesn't understand like from 9 a.m to 6 p.m we work on the couch and then from 6 p.m to 9 p.m we relax on the couch right like because i was having a lot of issues with clients like checking emails and doing work till 10 o'clock at night because yeah. there were no there was no delineation between this is where i work and this is where so i mean i took a lot of time in the beginning of the pandemic like walking people through like Go buy a desk or a folding table and put it in your spare bedroom and create, yeah. like, buy a plant and a lamp and make it look like an office, right? Like, you know, so it's it's not your kitchen table. It's not the counter and, you know, like, it's, it, it can't be yeah. because there is, no, there will be no boundaries then, you know? And, like, that and alerts, like, turning off all dinging alerts, right? So that you couldn't be cooking dinner or sitting with your family and hearing your email go off, you know? But, yeah, I mean, those are... Yeah. Those are huge things. So I, I think that, you know, it, but again, let's bring it back to awareness. I think if someone's going to, is listening to this and is like, yeah, that was me for all 2020. <laughs> like I watched a ton of Netflix. I went for a walk for the first four weeks and then I stopped doing that and yeah. just like drowned in my sorrows, filled my recycling bin with booze, you know, with beer bottles and booze bottles and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I think, I think you and I we were laughing early on that the first drink that we had during the pandemic was like three months in. Yeah. It was some, something to that effect. Like, and it's not, and it was because we like wanted one with like pizza or something. Something, was, yeah. I don't remember what it was. And it, it, it's not even uh, like, look how great we are. It's just an example of something that's just not, it's, it's not a coping mechanism. It's not a coping anymore. mechanism that yeah. we use anymore, um, especially me. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. think you really ever did. No. Um, but I certainly did. And it's, it's not something that we look to, so it's somewhat of a, a non-negotiable thing. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and the more you can set boundaries like that throughout your life, well, the easier it is. Like, it, we didn't yeah. walk home. Our bar is completely open. All the booze is out, yeah. on it, and it's nice. We have nice stuff, right? So if that was something that was a struggle for me, then every day I have to exert energy and willpower in not doing Oh, yeah. It. I mean, we'll get into, I'm sure, an environment episode or, 100%. you know, how to, like, set yourself up for success there. But, yeah, I mean, you can't rely on willpower every single day. No. No. So I, I think that when, when we look at this year and we look at how it's closing out and, and, you know, looking to the future where there's still a tremendous amount of uncertainty, there's still, I mean, we just got news the other day from a friend who said there's rumblings about schools being shut down for a couple extra weeks after the holiday vacation which obviously impacts us in a pretty drastic way and not necessarily a positive way we just have we have to overcome that scheduling challenge right 
we're not unique in that scenario. I, I, people are going to face rolling shutdowns. There's, there's going to be more things. This is not past us yet, mm-hmm. right? So when we look to the future, the level of uncertainty and the lack of control that you've experienced for the last you know, nine months it's still going to be there. Yeah, it doesn't it's, automatically shut off January 1st. Yeah, <laughs> it would be great if there was a switch, right? Yeah. So the best thing you can do is, is you know, the the saying about the old adage about a tree, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago or today, right? If you spent the last nine months not being reflective on what your life looks like, on how you can better optimize and design your own life whether that's via language that you choose or environmental changes that you mentioned before or habits that you Mm -hmm. add or omit or sustain no matter what you're talking about if you haven't taken the time to do that okay accept that recognize that and start today and i think that's one of the biggest things that that i've worked to get over and I know that you talk to people about a lot is is this idea of begin again. The fact that mm-hmm. you're you're most likely not going to embark on any positive habit that you want to change in your life and 100% of the time comply with it for the yeah. rest of your life. The likelihood of that is almost zero. So that means yeah. you have to be comfortable with not doing it and then... It's, it it's almost better to fail sometimes. And, and you know, a some feedback I gave to a client just yesterday regarding the last few days of holiday eating and stuff. Like, being able to reflect on those things is really important. It helps you go forward. And when those situations arise again, which they 100% will, right? So I think that going in with the mindset of, like, when am I going to fail and what am I going to learn from it yeah. is really important. Yeah, and, and being okay with the fact that you failed. Yeah. It's, and not even looking at it as a failure. Just looking at it as, as it, you it's know. It's a lesson. Yeah. It's an opportunity. Absolutely. It's an opportunity I mean, to, I'm, to get better. I'm very grateful. I've said it a bunch throughout this. Very grateful that I have the habits in place that I do. Because we were able to just maybe adjust a little bit, but keep on rolling. Right? Like, even the last few days. Like, I ate lots of cookies, drank some wine. <laughs> and, you know, started back up today. You know, I let, I let it go till pretty much last night. Some hot chocolate and a marshmallow. But... <laughs> wild woman, you. <laughs> um, no, but I, I feel no, I solid leaning, you know, coming back to those foundational habits. So I think that, you know, hopefully listeners are, can find something that they can lean on as they're kind of... We've, called, we've said it before, you know, the habit that gets everything rolling. You know, yeah. the, the foundational keystone habit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for, for me it's movement. I think for you, you've said it is too. But, yeah, typically movement's a good one for me. It, 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 but, it sets me up for feeling like I want to eat better, for feeling like I want to make sure to sit yeah. down and, and um, meditate and journal and some of these other things that I've found to be really helpful. But it, it, yeah, but it could be something as simple as, you know, Getting to sleep on time and getting enough sleep, or that's a huge starting, one for a eating, lot of people. You know, eating just starting the day well instead of eating waffles and syrup or a bowl of cereal for breakfast. Like, have some vegetables and eggs, and then you're more likely to make better decisions throughout the day. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it's you. Know, it's interesting to me. Something just popped in my head while you're talking. The uh, the idea that 
Jacko Willink popularized with the discipline equals freedom. Um, it's it's so true, and it's definitely something that the younger version of me did not believe. Um, I thought that freedom meant live out of my car, get drunk as fuck, do whatever I want, run around, party, get into mm-hmm. fights. Like that, that's I thought that that's what freedom meant was no not answering to anyone and and no consequences and the reality is that's not true just like i could tell myself i don't want to submit to change change will happen whether the future will bring you to into it either kicking or screaming or you can choose to walk towards it it's gonna happen one way or another and to think that like having freedom means you get to do whatever you want there's no consequences there's always a consequence to all of our choices, good or bad. It doesn't have to necessarily be negative, but there's always an outcome and it might be immediate. It might be long lasting. Right. And I think that this idea that people are like, well, I don't want to exercise or I don't want to eat healthy food. I just want to, I want to be able to enjoy this, that, and the other thing. You should be able to enjoy those things. But the question becomes, are you actually enjoying it? Or are you tuning out? And rebelling. Again, yeah. yeah. And, and and this is coming from a rebel. I rebel against every fucking thing on the planet. Even the shit that I say. I want to do the opposite of what I said. Just It's like the first thought that comes into my mind. And so, so I get it. I get this idea of like, I know I should go to bed, but I'm going to watch one more episode of this show on Netflix. Or I know I shouldn't be smashing these cookies, but there's well, only the, six the, left, so I'm going to finish them. The problem is, for most people, I think, is that none of these things are instant. Right? You don't sleep well one night and you feel great all the time. Oh, right? Wouldn't that be great? You don't, you know, turn off the TV one night and now everything's better. Right? So you, it's something that needs to be done consistently. And that's the biggest problem yeah. for people. So I think that, you know, having that be, you know, under, understanding that is important for people. Yeah, and and tracking it. Tracking those wins. And it doesn't, tracking doesn't need to mean this elaborate system of all these things you do. I know you and I will, again, talk about getting on and off the horse. We have a a whiteboard up in our room and we just, we list a a series of habits that we want to try to incorporate into our, into our lives. Typically they're daily habits that are on there. Sometimes they're not, sometimes they're stuff that's, you know, every, every week or something like that. But, um, but even that, we, we kind of wax and wane on how much we use that tool. And I know for me, when I feel like I'm really off course, that's when I'm like, let's make sure that I'm using that tool more often because it helps me to kind of, it helps me to like to reconnect to those things and to be able to to remind myself to do them. But I don't necessarily use it all the time. No. And but I it's, think it's valuable though. Visuals are valuable exactly. all the time. You so know, for, having those little yeah, checks that absolutely. you can look back and be like, look at all my checks. Well, and again, you need to come back to how you approach it and how you react to it, right? Like there was two of mine are shut off the TV by 930 and then shut off lights by 10, right? And for a good amount of days in a row, there were X. I either check them off or a X, right? And there were a lot of Xs on those two things. And it was just a reminder that when you feel like shit or you're not – you know, recovering from your workouts or your body doesn't do what you want it to do, like, go back and look at all those X's, right? You know, and I think visuals are wildly beneficial. 
and also being able to recognize well, I did those things. My parents were here. I was I wanted to stay up and see spend time with my family that I don't normally see sort of thing. Like you can tell yourself like, well, yeah, I did. I made the choice. I made a conscious decision to watch yeah. a movie marathon. Yeah. Or I made a conscious decision to not read or to stay up a couple hours later than I normally would because I was with people and in relationships or fuck maybe you were just with your spouse that you see every day but you're just deeply involved in a really great conversation and you didn't want to just go to bed and wrap it up Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we equate this idea of having discipline and creating these habits with restriction and confinement that you can't have any sort of kind of fluidity to your life that there's no spontaneity left and in reality it should be a tool to kind of to efficiently get the stuff done that you want and need to happen in order for your life to run smoothly for you to feel good for you to feel motivated about what you're doing to leave you space to be spontaneous for for me it's become like home base right like that's my equilibrium right like i should go to bed by 10 o'clock yeah but if it's something special or not and i want to stay up i decide to stay up later like how do I, and I, I mean, a lot of people call it falling off the wagon or falling off track, right? I don't really have a track. I don't like that phrase, but when I feel like I'm off track, I know how to get back because I have that equilibrium. Sure. Right? So that's why I think having habits and like that baseline is so important because yeah, I could eat 15 Christmas cookies, but when I decide I want to stop doing that, where do I go? Back to home base. Yeah. Right? So that that's how it's been. That's pretty, a powerful, big point. pretty powerful for me yeah. to have not only the visual, but have those specific things that I'm paying attention to because it gives me that opportunity to rewire my brain and say, okay, we're done with the Christmas cookies and the wine. Now let's go back to quote unquote normal. What does normal look like? I know exactly what it looks like because it's these six habits. Yeah. Right? Well, I think you also touched on something in that with the, the idea of it being a conscious decision to indulge whether that be you know food or beverage or just time spent or Mm -hmm. doing something out of routine or out of the the kind of the Mm -hmm. normal for you um but it's the difference between consciously deciding versus mindlessly zoning out and you know eating an entire package of oreos there have been been times where that's happened absolutely and you then can reflect on that too then your home base comes into play right where where you you're like oh shit i didn't even really enjoy that did i like at least ask that question and maybe let's not do that again tomorrow maybe the answer is yes i did yeah okay how can i fit more of that into my life you know i I went out on a weeknight and and met a buddy for a beer normally i wouldn't do that but i really enjoyed it it was great how can i integrate that into my life more often instead of once every six months it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing quote-unquote bad things or you're falling off the wagon it may just be different and you may need to look at like part of life should be enjoying your life too not this like deeply regimented kind of black and white just cold existence (laughs) right but (laughs) no but i think that that's what a lot of people view habits especially surrounding health as they're they're well, difficult, either, they require consistency, require more work, con- they and they restrict you. my life. They're not fun, and right? they require more work and time that I don't I don't have enough of already. And I think <laughs> a lot of people look at that, but if yeah. you're creative with those solutions, you could, in fact, 
make them more efficient and save yourself time in other areas, yeah. right? If you can find ways to connect with other people that value those same things, then it, it can feel more enjoyable. I think a lot of the reason that people feel like it's not enjoyable or that it's overly restrictive to have these positive habits in their life is because, again, going back to social narratives, just like 2020 sucks, get the fuck out of here. That narrative that people are putting out there, it's the same one when people are like, ugh, go to the gym, ugh, eat vegetables, or whatever the, right. you know, whatever the thing right. is. Um, or, ugh, have a difficult conversation with someone I love. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's these things that, yes, they, they maybe they're challenging at first, but ultimately they're really not once you get past that story yeah. that you keep telling yourself that they are and that other people are telling yeah. you. And it's, it's so weird to me. We've seen it so many times over the years where people are like, I have a, you know, a, a significant other or family members that are like actively trying to sabotage me as I put these things in place oh, to try yeah. to improve Which my health. blows it's, my mind. But it's, but it's very common. Sure. Right? You look at the workplace. It's filled with shitty junk food for your employees. Like, employers are like, we need to figure out a wellness program that will keep our employees healthier and so you know they're more productive. They come to work. They don't use as many sick days, blah, 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 blah. Also, make sure the donuts are stocked in the break room. Like, what the fuck? We haven't yeah. taken a step back to to analyze what we're doing or reflect on what we're doing to even say, like, is this working? Well, and t- to tie it all back to 2020, like, I hope that January 1st brings that for people. I hope that, I hope, I I hope hope that today brings it. I hope well, that sure. December 28th brings sure, it. Sure, sure. But I hope that as people you know, work their New Year's resolutions or goals or whatever they call it this week. Like, I I hope that they reflect, they become an active participant in their own lives. Yeah. So I think that as we start to bring this to to a wrap, I think that the biggest thing, and you correct me if if you disagree or or challenge me if you disagree, um, I think the biggest thing to pull from this conversation I know we talked about a lot of stuff involving this year <laughs> and kind of some of the struggles that we had both personally as parents, as, um, you know, as husband and wife, as business owners, as individuals. Uh, we, we talked a lot about those different things and some of the stuff that we've seen. And I think the biggest thing that, that we kept coming back to was this idea of awareness, recognition, reflection, however you want to phrase it, right? So I'd love to chat about some tangible specific things that people can do in order to start to gain that so um when i think about you know probably six years ago close to six years ago now when i first started getting into meditation and journaling Mm -hmm. right um it was something that was not it was very foreign to me it was not anything i ever would have kind of tried on my own had it not been for some you know, external influences, hearing more and more about it. I'm like, all right, let's try it, you know. And when I did that, I think it was really, really helpful for me to use a tool like Headspace, mm-hmm. a, you know, yeah. a meditation app, um, as well as the the five-minute journal. You know, I think if I had sat down and just said, hey, Chad, meditate for yeah. 10 minutes a day, I don't know that I would have been as successful or found as much meaning or like mm-hmm. understood what it was supposed to be by myself and I have a tendency to not ask a lot of questions because I'm an asshole and I just think <laughs> oh, you better figure it out on your own yeah um and the same thing with the journaling like 
even now where I've found journaling to be like really valuable and I'm still all over the place. I don't do it daily. I should and yeah. I, I have this idea that I want to, but it's it's something that that I struggle with with putting pen to paper and and oftentimes I feel like I need for lack of a better term, like inspiration. Because I've been trying to journal, just journal. Like no prompts. I don't have anything in there. It's yeah. just notebooks, right? But I don't think that's that's a really difficult sure. thing to do yeah. if you've never taken the time to do any of these things. Yeah. So I'd love to talk a little bit about like what are a handful of real kind of tangible, specific ways that people could take a step back and take some inventory on their relationships, on their own personal health, on their mental health, on... Yeah you know, their, uh, their profession, their career, yeah. the things that they're doing there, um, their roles as maybe a parent or a spouse or any of those sort of things where they can take that first step of building awareness so they can see like, okay, where are the biggest bang for buck for mm-hmm. me right now is doing this and this, not these things that everyone else is saying yeah. you're supposed to do or that's being advertised to yeah. me. Maybe those are valuable, but I kind of already do them these ones I'm totally neglecting yeah. and it'll have a trickle down effect on everything. Mm-hmm. So what do you think are some really helpful, just nail on the head, simple, tangible things. You sit down, you do it. You have no experience with being reflective on anything. You're yeah. just a fucking drone that follow, <laughs> you know, stares at your phone um, for your whole day and then stares at a TV for your whole night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you touched on a few really good ones. I think that getting something like a headspace or um, an app that Calm, you know, breathe. yeah, that walks you through yeah. a meditation. I think is really helpful. Um, I've talked to a lot of my waking clients. up. I like, although that's a little weird. I don't know if everyone a newbie would be into it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think understanding the mindset around what mindfulness is. I think first step is really important. Like for me, I struggled with meditation at first because I thought I needed to be completely silent. I thought mm-hmm. I needed to push out all, you know, voices and, and things that came into my mind. And, and it's actually the opposite. It's being able to recognize those things. That's the whole point, right? So I think having a headspace, having something guided, um, there's a million journal prompts out there. If you want to do some journaling, I would look up some journal prompts. Um, I really like the gratitude jar that we did with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um I think whether you, you know, write down something quick, put it in a jar and then look at it at the end of the week or people do it like, I think that would have been wildly beneficial for people in 2020, right? Because then this week they could have looked at all those good things that happened in 2020. Um, And I think that's especially nice if you have a family. So if you are a parent and you, because I know for us when we would read through those on like Pizza Friday, we'd take them out and read them. It was there were a lot of times where the girls would put their stuff down and maybe you weren't home for it or I wasn't home for yeah. it. You know, the other parent was there. And so you didn't know what they wrote. And it was really, it's it's really heartwarming to see some of the stuff that they, yeah. that they wrote. And some of it's really silly. Well, and just, and like, it reminds you to be thankful for shit that's not, you know, earth shattering. You know, yeah. they, they'd write something like, I'm thankful for my, you know, my time, my rainbow cup. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. you're just it's, like, okay. Yeah. So I think doing some sort of gratitude, something, journaling, you know, um, I think inventorying your social media is not necessarily mindful. Yeah. Like, really going through and looking at, like, who you're following and yeah. why. Um, and really just being more attentive to, like, what you're consuming there, I think is really helpful. Um, and limiting your time doing that stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, we've talked about um, it before. What you consume consumes you. Yeah. Like, it, um, it just, it does. And I think uh, just finding space for quiet. So whether it's, you know, five minutes in a static back position or a butterfly pose or something at the end yeah. of your workout and breathe, doing that. Um, whether it's, like, not driving to work with a podcast or music on and just being silent in your car without your kids. Um, I think coloring the adult coloring books for really have been really helpful for me. It's something that I really enjoy um, where it's like still a creative outlet, but it's not creative in the same way where I'm writing programs or creating content for work. Yeah. Um, so like still being creative, but not having your brain work in the same way. Um, well, I think it's important yeah. to recognize that obviously, you know, people listening have a host of different, living situation someone might be single in an apartment someone might have you know three or four kids sure. and a spouse someone someone might be living with a, a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or something like that um and so it's i think there's a lot of value in you touch on like the social media thing which is almost more of an environmental sure. shift which is it's still great like do that that's that's part of your environment it's part of what you're consuming right um but even taking that that inventory of your schedule like something as simple as using, you know, again, there's a million apps out there. I've used one called A Tracker um, that I found really helpful. Like using an app or just simply tracking your day yourself, mm -hmm. whatever kind of makes the most sense for you. Do that for a week or three days yeah. or four days. Noticing See time where you spend your time, mm -hmm. right? And and then start to poke holes in it. Is this serving me? Is the 45 minutes I spent scrolling through Instagram while sitting on the shitter, is that like, is that, did that make me happier? Did it inspire me to do something? Maybe yeah. it did. I don't know. Yeah. And, but if it's not, then those are areas you can start to, to kind of chip away. And I think a lot of times people will say, oh, well, what are the two biggest excuses for any improvement that someone's going to make? Time and money. Always. Mm -hmm. Right? I don't know about the, my finances. I don't have any time. We all have the same 24 hours in a day, and there's people that do amazing fucking shit with their 24 hours. Yeah. Right? So there is a way to find those gaps and those holes in your life, and it may look something like, if we shift it back to some specific tactical things, one, starting out with analyzing your schedule. You know, whether you're just doing that pen and paper or reflecting on it, I, I think it's valuable to write it down or chart it in some way, going mm -hmm. back to visuals Absolutely, being important, yeah. right? So whether you write that in a in a notebook, um, you just track your days for, a, you know, three, four days, maybe a week. I prefer to use a week, personally. I think that gives you some weekends, give it, lets you see a little bit more of a mm -hmm. broader picture. Yeah. Obviously, trying to be... Um, cognizant that you like don't adjust your schedule because you're tracking your schedule sort of thing like try to just go with the flow the way you normally would that's what i liked about that a tracker app was that you could put a series i think you had to pay three bucks if you wanted to customize it um pay the fucking three dollars and you can go on and you can put you know a list of the things that you typically do and so as soon as you start to do them you just hit a you hit it, it's all color-coded, yeah. you hit it, and it times it for you. And then it gives you this breakout of everything that you're doing. I think that's really valuable to start with because then you can start to find the time to put the mindfulness or meditation in, to put the reflection, the journaling in. If you don't, if you don't believe that you have time, if you're telling yourself the story that you don't have time, then you're not going to do these things. Right. right. And it doesn't need to be a lot of time. Five no, minutes, that was, you know, yeah. like it could be... Simply your ride to work or, you know, 
you do five mind we didn't even talk about breathing breathe adding some breathing in like you know doing five mindful breaths while you're at every red light that you hit on the way to work like you know just sneaking them in and through your nose yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, it, like, and I was going to touch on that exactly. Like, it doesn't need to be this huge time suck. Yeah. Um, I we mentioned Headspace before. I found that to be a really simple to use app. It it works really well. Um, I know a lot of people like Calm. I've tried that. It's pretty good. Breathe is another yeah. one that's good. Uh, but the point being, they all have different time parameters around them that you can use. It's guided, so you can just kind of listen along and try yeah. and follow prompts and it does include a lot of breath work and teaching you how to how to use your breath how to breathe into your belly through your nose um you know we've had a lot of discussions around nasal breathing mm -hmm. and how that can impact your health and whether you're in fight or flight mode or rest or digest yeah. we can save that for another yeah but i think podcast. looking at looking at areas where you can include it in i mean even if like you're doing five sets of back squats with 2 minutes of rest in between Right? Like, sit on a bench and breathe instead of scrolling on Instagram for your two minutes of rest. Sure. There, you have now have 10 or 12 minutes of when you brought up meditation. Driving. You brought you up know? driving, right, at red lights. And I think and it made me think of, um, you know, over the summer or the, the spring, I guess, spring into summer, you know, I would just get out of the house because our, our oldest daughter, Dylan, is up at the ass crack of dawn. So, and, and I have a hard time leaving. Um, this is one of the things that I have, have struggled with since we had our first child, um, not having a lot of meaningful time, I would say very little, slim to none, in, uh, with my parents as a child. I find myself drawn to being around our girls all the time, even if that time's not super valuable in the sense that we're just not, like we're not doing anything and I'm foregoing something else productive I should be doing. And then I also recognize that when I do have some distance from them, it makes our time together that much more enjoyable. So it's definitely something that I have to find workarounds with because once they're up, I feel compelled to stay longer. And so one of the things I did um, early on in the pandemic when I was going into the gym was I meditated in my car when I got to the gym. I just, as soon as I pulled in, I parked and pressed play on you know whatever guided meditation I was listening to mm -hmm. at that point in time and so you know I'm sure some people drove by and were like what the hell is that guy doing just sitting in his car but you know I found that time because if I tried to do it at home I kept getting interrupted yeah. Dylan would come out and just stand there and I could feel her staring at me <laughs> while I was sitting in the chair and so it, it speaks to this idea of finding solutions to the unique challenges of your life the logistics sure. of your life sure. and then uh, so I think starting with it, if you're new to all this stuff, starting with an app for guided meditation. Prior to that, evaluate your schedule so you can find where to put it in. Give it some time. I know with things like mindfulness and meditation, a lot of people are, you mentioned before, you don't get one good night of sleep and all of a sudden your health is fixed, right? Uh, we're impatient and people, oh, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't know how to do it. I don't like it. Give, give yourself at least a month, preferably closer to two of doing it every day. 10 minutes. Give yourself 10 minutes a day. It's not a lot. Try and do it. The The busyness in your mind will start to quiet and you'll start to be able to recognize and be present, see those thoughts and not cling to them and, and fixate on them, right? But give yourself some time with that. The journaling piece, 
Melissa mentioned there's a ton of different journals out there that you could look at buying. I recommend finding something simple to start. I really like the five minute journal. It's it's very simple. It often took me more than five minutes, full disclosure. Um, but you know, it's a it's a short prompt in the morning, short prompt in the uh, mm-hmm. evening before you go to bed. There's a number of other ones out there that are really simple like that. Um, yeah. They're built around gratitude where it's just list three things you're grateful for every day. Um, I think finding something like that that's that's not overtly complex and it sets the stage for you, it gives you a prompt, so it gives you a little bit of direction to start your journey on doing those things and recognize that those two habits will yield tremendous benefits for you but it is going to take a little bit of time and it's definitely going to take the consistency. So if you can leave listening to this and implement those, I guess, three things, right? The schedule inventory and then creating some space in your day for 10 minutes of mindfulness, meditation, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's a walking meditation, right? Whatever that looks like for you for that and as well as for some journaling, and some writing, putting pen to paper, it's incredibly valuable. Again, I'm sure we'll talk about that more in the future. Um, so I think those three things are are three really valuable tasks for you guys to lead with today that you can go out and implement right away. It's tangible advice. I can't recommend it enough. Um, anything else that you want to leave? Parting <laughs> words of wisdom for anyone before we sign off? I... No, I mean, I I hope people enter 2021 with a grateful heart and a open mind. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you all very, very much for sharing in our human experience, and we'll see you next time.